This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim in the name of Allah, most gracious, most merciful. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil khalqi ajma'in. Nabiyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa tabi'in wa man tabi'ahum bi ihsanin ila yawmiddin. All praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, creator, nourisher, cherisher, sustainer, protector of one and all. Blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Blessings upon all his companions and all the believers. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us all and our offspring who will come until the day of Qiyamah. Ameen. Honored ulama, beloved brothers and sisters, dearest listeners. We all know that this is the month of mercy where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in tonight's verses has given us several reminders. From amongst these reminders there are those that are connected to the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and in order to strike the balance Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has also presented warnings so that man can take heed. From amongst these warnings Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells myself and yourselves and all mankind يَوْمَ تَجِدُ كُلُّ نَفْسٍ مَّا عَمِلَتْ مِنْ خَيْرٍ مُحْضَرًا وَمَا عَمِلَتْ مِنْ سُوءٍ تَوَدُّ لَوْ أَنَّ بَيْنَهَا وَبَيْنَهُ أَمَدًا بَعِيدًا وَيُحَذِّرُكُمُ اللَّهُ نَفْسَهُ وَاللَّهُ رَؤُوفٌ بِالْعِبَادِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us of the day of Qiyamah, telling us that on that day, every soul shall have in front of it all its deeds. All the good that was done by that soul will be present in front of that particular soul. And all the evil that was done by that soul will also be present, but the soul will be wishing that there was a huge distance between the soul and the deeds committed by that particular soul whilst it was in the dunya. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues to say, definitely Allah is warning you about Himself, which means about His punishment and about His justice. And yet Allah ends the verse by saying, but definitely Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is most merciful upon His worshippers. What we understand from this is, on the day of Qiyamah, in front of us, we will have our deeds. The good deeds, there is, a, there is a difficulty or there is something we need to be worried about regarding the good deeds. And that is, we should not live our lives in such a way that we implement many good deeds but give them away to others by backbiting, cheating, deceiving and doing wrong against our fellow Muslims. Because if we are to give these deeds away, then on the day of Qiyamah, subhanahu, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes such people as the bankrupt. He says a bankrupt person is the one who comes with a lot of salah, a lot of zakah, a lot of good deeds, but he has cheated this one, deceived that one, sworn that one, and so on, eaten the wealth of this one, and stolen the right of the other one. All the good deeds will be given to those until the person is left with no good deeds. And thereafter the evil deeds of all the people who are still remaining 
will be given to this person and the person may be thrown in the fire of Jahannam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not do that to us. So it is good to do good deeds, but it is very important to look after these good deeds and bring them in the intact form on the day of Qiyamah. Similarly, those who have done evil deeds, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, there will be no denial on that day because even if the soul denies Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring the bodies in which the souls lived in to bear witness as a separate entity. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding and comprehension of His greatness. Imagine the souls that, or our souls which are living in these bodies that we feel are ours. The two may be separated on the day of Qiyamah and the body will come as a separate entity bearing witness against the soul. That look, this is what I did. Imagine the organs of the body have to speak and say, this is what I was involved in. Or this is what the owner of the soul or the soul had forced me into, though I was cursing the soul and so on. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. If we have to ponder for a moment, it is a very, very serious day. It is something very, very great that we all need to be concerned about. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strikes the balance between hope and mercy and the other hand, the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his punishment and his justice as well. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us from his mercy for definitely these are the days of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on to inform us of how we will achieve success. And I'm sure we've all heard it many times. قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهَ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبْكُمُ اللَّهُ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبَكُمْ وَاللَّهُ غَفُورٌ رَّحِيمٌ The address is to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Inform them, O Prophet of Allah. Inform them, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that if you claim to love me, meaning if you claim to love Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then, oh sorry, if you claim to love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then follow Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If you claim to love Allah, your creator, your nourisher, the one you are going to return to, if there is a claim of love, follow that claim by action. What is the action? Follow the messenger. Follow Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Follow all his examples and you shall find that Allah will love you in return and he will give you or he will forgive you and grant you Jannah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant myself and yourselves that. What has Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam come with? He has come with two major categories of rules and regulations. Each category is divided into several other categories. The first category, the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The commands are divided into that which is farad and that which is not farad, but it is a command. And the prohibitions are divided into that which is totally haram and that which is makruh and that which is detested. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to prioritize and we should always be taking steps in the right direction. A loser is the one who finds himself spiritually elevated today and not tomorrow. A winner is the one who finds himself more spiritually elevated today than yesterday and has aimed to in fact elevate his or her spirituality in a, in a greater manner tomorrow. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us upliftment rather than going back. Because it is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa way and his sunnah that ultimately we are all trying to adopt. I'd like to give you a little example of the beard. With all due respect to those who don't have beards. It is a sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. If we have aimed and we have an objective or a goal that we'd like to achieve, 
I'd like to have a beard, for example. And we need to work towards it. Let me start, for example, growing one hair at a time. Every time it is shaved, if I have one hair extra, isn't that a step in the right direction? By the time the year ends, I'll have 365 hairs. The following year, it will be doubled and so on. At least in 10 years, I'll have got somewhere. But if we don't have a plan of action, we are never going to get anywhere. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us steadfastness. Remember, I've only given a simple example. Like that, there are many, many examples that we can look at. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring us to the right path. And may He bring us as quick as possible. Because remember when it is... The time of sakarat and death, it will be too late. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues to mention what Zakaria alayhi salatu wasalam was told when he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a sign. You know, he was an old man and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him news of a child. And this brings hope to those who don't have children and still, meaning and they are reaching old age. Don't lose hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If it is written for you, it will definitely come in your direction. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make all those who have children, make those children the coolness of their eyes. And those who do not have offspring, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them pious and healthy offspring who will also be the coolness of their eyes. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala use the youngsters and youth of this ummah as champions of the ummah to serve this deen in one way or another. Ameen. So, Zakaria alayhi salatu wasalam asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Give me a sign. Give me some form of comfort from you. People will ask me. I don't know what to tell them. Now, when a problem is too big, too big, and one is fearing that if he was to try and clarify the issue, it might result in a bigger problem. It might result in a huge disaster. It might not solve the problem. Then sometimes we need to also look at this remedy. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ayatuka alla tukallima nasa thalathata ayyamin illa ramza. Your sign, your gift is that you should not speak to people at all for a period of three days. Let it clarify itself. Time heals all wounds as it is said. And to be honest with you, we've been repeating this all along. To say, we need to be careful what comes out of our mouths. We need to be careful and we need to be watchful of our utterances. Because it is only through what we utter that we are known. And it is only through what we utter that we are judged. And it is only through what we utter that we become what we are. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not make us hypocrites. And may He grant us that the power to be in control of our tongues, especially when we are angry. Because anger, as we will see in one of the verses that was read tonight, is very, very dangerous. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us all. So that is with regards to silence and remaining silent when we do not know what to say or how to put forward what we'd like to put forward. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of what the disciples of Jesus, may peace be upon him, said. What the disciples of Isa alayhi salatu wasalam said. They said, Rabbana amanna bima anzalta wa attaba'na rasoola faktubna ma'ashahideen. O our Rabb, O you who has created us, who nourishes us, who cherishes us, who sustains us, who protects us, whom we shall, go, whom we shall return to. We have believed in the Messenger. We have believed in that which you have revealed 
and we have followed the messenger. So write us or record us as being from amongst those who have borne witness. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us also from amongst those who have borne witness. Remember these are du'as that appear in the Qur'an. They are not in the Qur'an for no reason. They are in the Qur'an so that I can learn from them. You can learn from them. We can look at them. Look at what these disciples were saying. And look at how great that du'a was that it is mentioned by Allah, Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal. He says, this is the du'a. Oh our Rabb. We have believed in what you have revealed and we have followed the messenger. So write us as those who have borne witness. Who are those who have borne witness? They are the martyrs in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Remember martyrdom is not only in the battlefield, but there are several categories of martyrs. All of them are granted that lofty rank. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant that to us as well. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala solves a dispute between the Jews, the Christians and the Muslims. What was the dispute? Everyone feels and thinks and believes that he is more close to Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. All these Abrahamic religions, each one feels that he is closer to Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala clarifies it, saying, who is closer to Ibrahim? Do you want to know? Indeed, those who are the closest to Ibrahim are those who follow him regarding monotheism. Regarding one Allah. Remember the Christians now believe in a trinity. Not all the Christians, but the vast majority of the Christians believe in a trinity. And that is a form of shirk. It is a form of polytheism associating Isa alayhi salatu wasalam as a partner with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after he left or after he was raised into heaven. So that is something that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam spoke about. O people of the book, do not say three in one and one in three. Do not say that. Say our creator is one, singular, alone. That is better for you. This is what the Quran says. So, those who are closest to Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam are definitely the ones who are closest to him in belief. What did he say? He looked at the stars, the moon, the sun, all creation. And then he turned and he says, Nay, I believe in whoever created all this, whoever he is. I know he is one because there's never been clash between these various creatures like the sun and the moon. If there was more than one God for each of these creatures, they would have clashed at least once. But the fact that they've never clashed, Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam says, I know that he is one. Whoever the deity is that created entire creation that we all depend on, that is whom I surrender to and I will call him Allah, the worshipped one. Because I owe my worship to him, my life to him, my death to him. Say, my prayer is for him. My prayer is for the one who created me, nourished me, and nourishes me still, cherishes me, sustains me, the one who protects myself and all other creatures. My prayer is for him. My sacrifice is for him. My life is for him. My death is for him. Everything is owed to him. There is no partner that he has, no partner that he will ever have. That is Abrahamic monotheism. And this is who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if a person believes in such belief of monotheism, they are the closest to Abraham or Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues to say, and do you want to know who else is the closest to Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam? 
those who obey this particular prophet who is this prophet rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam why because he came with the exact monotheism that was brought by ibrahim alaihi salatu wasalam in islam the glorification of creatures is prohibited any creature that is created by allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to glorify these creatures is an insult to the creator may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us really and truly belief in him that is pure and pristine amen so this is why allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says those who truly believe in the messenger muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam are the ones who are the closest to ibrahim alaihi salatu wasalam then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention once again about righteousness and this is a point that is mentioned in tonight's verses regarding spending lan tanalul birra hatta tunfiqu mimma tuhibbun you will never achieve true righteousness until you spend from that which you love the most why it is very simple because at times we as men are weak and we love material issues more than our love for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a person has a motor car he loves that motor car so much that he cannot give it up he will make sure it is clean speak and span he will have a timetable to wash the car to service the car but he he forgets about his timetable regarding his creator when it comes to salah look at that we've given priority to material issues over allah subhanahu wa ta'ala i can service my motor vehicle every 5000 kilometers but five times a day i can't come and service myself in the masjid so that is why allah says that what you love the most spend it in order to gain closeness to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the question was asked regarding the hair whether we should shave it or clip it when it comes to umrah and hajj the answer is quite simple you are allowed to either shave it or to trim it more than a certain amount but the criteria is as follows each one should know that shaving is better than just cutting or trimming but we should bear in mind that the deciding factor should be is my love for my hair more or my love for my creator more what is it the answer for that question will help us decide whether we should actually shave the head off or the hair of the head off or we should leave it if i am leaving it because i love my hair too much then i am leaving it for the wrong reasons we must understand it is something it is a creature most probably if you are like me few years you'll be bald may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us all and there will be nothing to actually shave because you've just got to use the razor over the head for purposes of fulfilling that final part of the umrah or the hajj may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding so i hope we've understood why allah says you will achieve true righteousness when you spend from that which you love most if that particular item is being an obstacle between you and your creator and you find you now love something material much more than your love for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if you'd like to reverse it spend that out in the path of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of the power of unity and the fact that it is our duty as muslims to try our best to unite wa'tasimu bihabilillahi jami'an wa la tafarraqu hold fast to the rope of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and do not disunite this is what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says so what is the solution we see so much disunity on the globe today do you know what is the solution 
The solution starts in our own houses and homes. How many brothers and sisters are not speaking with each other? How much disunity is there in homes of one mother, one father? or one father and so on, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala unite us in our homes, in our families, thereafter in our societies, communities, and then cities and countries, inshallah, thereafter the region, the continent, and several continents. That is the, med- the, the way forward, but our problem is we want to solve global issues before solving issues right at my doorstep. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us really and truly a plan of action rather than just saying words these people are doing nothing those people are doing nothing regarding this issue that issue if we are to look in our lives there are so many issues whereby we can do something about our own lives and we are doing absolutely nothing may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us from double standards then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of the race and the competition that he has initiated It's a competition. When we hear of big, big competitions where you have a ticket to London, a ticket to New York, a motor vehicle, and so on, big prizes, many of us want to take part. Sometimes we don't even look at whether it is halal or haram, but we want to take part. Why? Because what is to be won is very big. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us from haram. Here Allah is giving us the biggest competition. Allah is saying, I'd like you to race to. That is what Allah is saying. Race to what? Make haste towards. Towards what? Race, compete with one another when it comes to what? Forgiveness of your Rabb. Make haste. Each one of us should make haste. Do you know what Rasulullah used to do? Because he is the winner of the race. But he is in the category of Anbiya. He was spotless sinless, he didn't need to haste to the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but still on a daily basis he sought forgiveness bearing in mind, with full sincerity bearing in mind what he was saying Ya Allah, forgive me, I have sinned. One hundred times a day he sought forgiveness and in one narration, more than a hundred times a day. Where are we today? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to win the competition at least one day out of all the days where we need to seek true forgiveness. And we need to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy. And Allah continues to say, look, the competition doesn't stop there. Make haste and race towards forgiveness of your Rabb. And make haste towards Jannah. That is Jannah that we are aiming for. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant it to us. Now, do you think He is not going to describe how we are going to get there? No. He describes absolutely everything. Firstly, he says, do you know the width of Jannah is wider than the width of the skies and the heavens, uh, sorry, the skies and the earth put together. Whatever width you'd like to measure, all these planets and what you can see, whatever width you'd like to measure, that one Jannah which each individual is going to get is, according to what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes, even wider than that. This is the width, what about the length? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant that to us. So he is saying, it has been prepared for the for the, those who are conscious of Allah. That Jannah has been prepared for those who are conscious of Allah. Whatever we do, bear Allah in mind. We walk out of here, bear Allah in mind. Walk into your home, your house, speaking with your wife, your children, your relatives, your neighbors, your friends, your enemies, bear Allah in mind. It should never ever be 
forgotten that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with us, watching us. We are answerable to Him for everything we do. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala continues and He says, Who are the muttaqeen? Let me inform you. There are two verses thereafter that describe the muttaqeen. Very important verses. Allah says, Those who spend الَّذِينَ يُنْفِقُونَ فِي السَّرَّاءِ وَالضَّرَّاءِ وَالْكَاظِمِينَ الْغَيْظَ وَالْعَافِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ Those who spend when the economic times are difficult and when they are easy. When, when they are in hardship, they are still spending. And when they are in ease, they are still spending. And those who suppress their anger. And they extinguish their anger. Those are the muttaqeen. They are conscious of me. They know that I am there. They know that they are answerable to me because they have suppressed their anger. Let us try and take part in this competition, inshallah. Every time we suppress our anger, we are one up. It's like buying one more ticket for that particular competition. May Allah grant it to us. So let us become conscious of our temper. And every time we feel we want to burst because of our temper, suppress it and say, Ya Allah, that's my name in the competition once again. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَالْعَافِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ Those who constantly forgive other people. Let's each one of us think, who has wronged us and how much have they wronged us? Who is the worst person that has wronged against us? A Muslim. We will come up with a name. It's not very difficult. Forgive that person. Here and now, it's not impossible. And then, by forgiving that person, you've put your name back into that competition on a bigger piece of paper or on a bigger slate or what, whatever you want to call it. So that there is a greater chance of you being picked up. And the winner is not just one. The prizes are countless. The winners are so many that we don't even know the precise figure of those who will enter into Jannah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant that to us. So, every time you control your anger, every time you forgive others, you have a chance of being forgiven yourself. And you have a chance that the anger of Allah will be extinguished when it comes to against you. That is something we need to think of. My anger was extinguished against someone, so Allah's anger will be extinguished against me. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us intellect and understanding. Then, the second part of the verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and before I say what he says, do you know what happens sometimes? A person is good, but shaitan makes them drop. So Allah gives us hope. Remember, this is the month of mercy. Allah says, وَالَّذِينَ إِذَا فَعَلُوا فَاحِشَةً أَوْ ظَلَمُوا أَنفُسَهُمْ ذَكَرُوا اللَّهَ فَاسْتَغْفَرُوا لِذُنُوبِهِمْ Those who have committed an immoral act and they have oppressed themselves, if they immediately regret and remember Allah, and they seek forgiveness immediately after committing the act of immorality, Allah says, they seek forgiveness, I will forgive them because there is none other than myself who forgives their sins. And Allah says, for them we have prepared Jannah beneath which are rivers that flow and so on and so on and so on. And Allah says, those are the muttaqeen. Imagine, muttaqeen, it is possible that someone has taqwa, but out of human nature or out of shaitan's plan and plot and out of shaitan's handiwork, it is possible that a good Muslim can also fall into a sin. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us. So, to give hope to those who may have sinned, Allah says, don't worry. 
If you remember me and you seek forgiveness and you promise never to repeat it again, then I will forgive you and you are the one whom I have prepared Jannah for. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on all of us. Imagine if this verse wasn't there or if this ruling wasn't there. Many of us would actually be hopeless and we would feel once I've committed one sin, I am doomed. I'd rather stay away from the masjid, stay away from everything because as it is, I'm going into the fire. Now what's the point of living? No, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says there is a greater point to live because now you have a challenge to wipe out the evil you've done by doing more and more good. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give that to us. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of a very very important issue. And that issue is the fact that every single one of us is going to depart. We are all going to leave. And it is only correct for me to repeat this verse because the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says, Increase the remembrance of that item which destroys all desires and lusts. What item destroys desires and lusts? A man is desiring, whether it is halal or haram, he has big hopes. But whenever he thinks of his health and he thinks of death and that it might overtake him any minute, it actually decreases or destroys his lusts. In the, in the case of un-Islamic lusts and desires, we hope and we pray that it will destroy them totally. And in the case of those desires that are permissible, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not make them such in our lives that we forget that we are going to die. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Kullu nafsin Every soul shall taste death and definitely your reward or your recompense you will achieve on the day of Qiyamah. Whosoever has been saved from the fire and is granted empty entry into Jannah on that day, that is the person who has succeeded for definitely this dunya is only a deception. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the awakening and the ability to look at this dunya and to find how it is actually a deception. And may he let that be a point for us to strive and struggle towards achieving merit on the day of Qiyamah and towards achieving Jannah. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad. Subhanallahi wa bihamdihi subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk.